Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone. Your journey. Our passion. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. New thinking, new possibilities. Coming up in today's AutoLine Daily, we'll show you a couple of new sedans about to debut on the world stage, one from Europe, the other from China. And later on in the show, we'll show you what could be a breakthrough technology to reduce CO2 emissions from cars. But now, let's get to today's first story. Yesterday, GM CEO Mary Barra testified before the Energy and Commerce Subcommittee in the U.S. House of Representatives. One thing became clear from those hearings on the Hill, Those House members do not believe that GM could have changed its culture already, nor do they believe the 15 employees who were fired were the only ones causing all the problems at GM. And the next round of hearings in the Senate will be a lot tougher. We can expect the senators to dig deeper, especially into GM's legal department and why it kept top management in the dark and hid documents from people who were suing the company. On a positive note, the House members did seem to trust Anton Volukas, GM's hired investigator, and CEO Mary Barra was much more convincing than the first time she appeared before the committee. But GM's got other problems too. Cadillac sales are plummeting in the U.S. market. In fact, Audi is within a whisker of surpassing Cadillac in total sales for the year. Sales of the ATS and XTS are off more than 20%, while sales of the Escalator down almost 15%. And now the head of sales, Bill Peffer, abruptly resigned. He's the third person to hold that job in just the last two years. Part of Cadillac's problem is that the head of the brand, Bob Ferguson, is in Washington handling GM's recall problems. I think it's safe to say that GM will soon end up appointing someone else to run Cadillac. Someone, that is, who knows a thing or two of how to sell luxury cars. Koros, the joint venture brand that's owned by China's Cherry Auto and the Israel Corporation, just unveiled a really good-looking concept car. Called the Koros 9, it's meant to showcase what a flagship sedan could look like in the year 2020. The car was designed by a Korean design student who created it as part of an internship at the company. Koros is a company you're going to want to keep an eye on. Just last year, it received a five-star crash rating in the Euro NCAP test with its Koros 3 sedan. No other Chinese car has achieved that, at least not yet. One of the most important vehicles in Peugeot's lineup is its 508 sedan, where it competes with cars like the Volkswagen Passat and Ford Mondeo. Sales of the 508 have lagged behind them, but Peugeot hopes to get more customers into the showrooms with the latest version. It comes in three different body styles, which show off new front and rear fascias. It also features new technology like a rear view camera, backup sensors, and touch screen display. Power comes from one of three engine options, a 1.6 gas, a two liter diesel, or a hybrid that's paired with the two liter diesel. And there you go, a diesel hybrid. The 508 is produced both in Europe and China, Goes on sale in Europe later this year, while it will hit Chinese showrooms early next year. Speaking of touchscreens, they've replaced buttons and knobs in a lot of cars, but there's also been a big consumer backlash because they're not as easy to operate. Even so, 
The next Volvo XC90 is ditching its knobs and buttons, but Volvo feels its interface for its touchscreen is very intuitive and does not require a phone book-sized manual to understand how it works. Steering wheel buttons and an improved voice control system will control basic everyday functions, while the home screen is broken into four tiles that contain the main functions. To aid those wearing gloves or using fingernails instead of fingertips, the touchscreen relies on infrared technology. There's a frame built around the screen and the infrared field it creates can pinpoint where someone is touching or almost touching by using XY coordinates. We've read that infrared screens can be less accurate than capacitive ones, but technology is always improving, so we're going to need to test drive the new XC90 to see how it works. Lightweight in your race car does not always involve exotic materials. It can be as simple as shaving down the wheel studs. That's just one of the many great tips that Mark Stilo, chief engineer of the new Camaro Z28, offers up in his book, Pro Turing. If you'd like to get a chance to win a copy, all you have to do is answer a simple question. How many G-forces are the carbon ceramic brakes on the new Z28 capable of generating? Just check out the seat time section of our website and look for our review of the Z28. Once you've got the answer, shoot us an email to viewermail at autoline.tv and we'll pick a winner at random and send you that book. Coming up next, did you know that Big Oil is researching ways to slash CO2 emissions in cars? You'll want to check that out. There's so much to love about Bridgestone's Dueler tires. The amazing traction, the quiet, comfortable ride, and they're really tough. It's like loving three tires in one. Could big oil play a pivotal role in slashing automotive CO2 emissions? Saudi Aramco and ExxonMobil are studying ways to strip CO2 from the exhaust gases pumping out of an engine. They call it CCS for carbon capture and storage. The idea is to capture CO2 from the exhaust and store it in an onboard tank. Researchers at the University of Michigan's Transportation Research Institute show that even a modest onboard carbon capture system could produce significant cafe improvements. A vehicle rated at 20 miles per gallon, when fitted with an onboard system that captures only 20% of the CO2, could then be rated at 37 mpg from an emission standpoint. Remember, CAFE is not just about fuel economy anymore. Starting in 2017, the EPA is adding regulations that stipulate reductions in greenhouse gases as well. Up to now, the only way to reduce CO2 was to improve the fuel economy of a vehicle. That's why automakers are investing so heavily in new powertrains and lightweight materials. But that's an expensive strategy, which is starting to significantly drive up the cost of cars. The onboard capture approach could be a whole lot cheaper, but it won't come easy. Carbon dioxide is formed when two oxygen atoms join to a carbon atom. Bonding them together actually adds weight and volume. Amazingly, burning one gallon of gasoline, which weighs six pounds, generates almost 19 pounds of CO2. If they captured 100% of the CO2 coming out of the exhaust, they'd need to store it in a tank three times larger than the gasoline tank. That's why researchers are proposing to capture only 20% of the CO2. But then what do you do with that CO2? Could gas stations handle the offboarding? And then what would they do with that CO2? 
Could motorists be paid for their CO2? Because it's used in a lot of food and beverage processing, as well as in a lot of industrial applications. Clearly, there's plenty of questions to be answered. But what I like about this research is that it's looking at the CO2 challenge from a completely different standpoint. Obviously, big oil is interested because it could extend the use of fossil fuels deep into the century. But for automakers, it could provide a new way to reduce CO2 emissions much more cost-effectively than the way they're doing it now. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. And be sure to join us tonight for AutoLine After Hours, where we will be talking a lot about alternative energy cars. And then join us right here again tomorrow for another edition of AutoLine Daily.